Welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Colin, joined by Spencer. You Hello. always say your last name. Colin, give us your IP address. So my IP address is 123-7582-969-6969-8008. That's nice. We are also joined by our other co-host, Jacob. Hello. For this uh this is what episode 27 or some crap of uh this season but it is our new year's special so it's a it's a special short little thing um you guys yeah not not a usual episode we just have we want to have a recap of the previous year and the stuff we're looking forward to next year and then at the end i will be attaching many memes well jacob will actually be attaching them i'll just be sending them to him we will Um, we, we are remoting in because obviously I sound like death and I didn't want to breathe on everybody. And Colin just didn't want to get up this morning. That's um, also true. No, it was because I knew that I wouldn't be able to get up and yesterday was a <laughs> show, so I tried to get sloshed. That's fun. Um, that and we all have new uh, audio equipment now. Well, not all of us have new ones. Jacob has new audio equipment, so we are all I on do. equal footing. Finally, I do. I got my razor headphones. Well, t- t- headphones don't count. Shut up. Yeah, they do. They're What's razor. A- I'm gonna put a razor inside your dick. Why by comic you might get a surprise? Santa's coming soon, so you all better be nice. This is technically the first episode being recorded in the Dime Comic Bros home studio. This is true. Jacob is in his uh, new place of residence. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we might end up recording there in a couple of weeks. So this will be fun. Yeah. I'm coming to your house. I'm Anyways. Come in your mouth. Colin, can you move the microphone closer? You keep clipping out. How about you shut up? Are you just using the one on your headphones? Yeah, that would be why. All right. Let us start with our favorite movie from 2022. Uh, Colin, go. <laughs> and for so everyone knows, we are not allowed to talk about the Batman because well, we all simultaneously <laughs> agree that the Batman is our favorite movie of 2022. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't have to not talk about it, but it feels like kind of cheating that we're going to unanimously agree on something. Yeah, right. For the sake of talking about it, it feels kind of silly because we've yeah. done it like 15 times. Yeah, we've talked about it a lot. So, yeah. Um, my favorite movie of 2022. So I haven't actually watched a lot of movies. So for the sake of being unable to kind of remember this is still a good one because it was on my at least my top five if that um i what my favorite movie was probably bullet train nice nice i think bullet train would be a solid pick because even though it's simple it, it is a little complex in the sense of like how characters are connected and how they like connect you to everyone else during the whole movie but um it, it, how I would describe it, it's like a D&D game put into a movie and on a train. Because all these characters are stuck in one spot. And how they're all connected is like a D&D master or a D- dungeon master. Yeah, dungeon master. Like, threw them all together. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're connected through this guy. And your dad's the, the dad's the main villain of this bad guy. And you killed this guy. And blah, blah, blah. And, like, 
our main character, he's so fucking lucky. He's just rolling that twenties constantly. It it literally feels like <laughs> random bullshit. Go the movie. It yeah. does. I hadn't thought about the 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 D and D analogy, but that kind of tracks. He said it on air before. I like I listen when he opens his mouth. He doesn't listen when I open my mouth. It's true. The gay man doesn't listen to feminine men. This uh, is true. You bottom. Um, <laughs> Power bottom, bitch. Uh, yeah. Bullet Train made it into like my top 15, but it's just not fair because I watch so much. But it, it was definitely one of my like favorites. I'm going to return to that a lot. Uh, and also it was stacked with tons of great actors. Um, I wish that I can never remember her name, but I loved her in The Boys and as Katana in Suicide Squad. Uh, she was like weren't the waitress girl. She's just absolutely gorgeous, but like she could have been used for so much more because she's also just a great actress, anyways. With her, uh, like her in action sequences and just how she performs, like dialogue. I think at least it, it's pretty good. I uh, agree. I was kind of hoping that she would be a uh, a uh, uh part of a fight scene like in the train kitchen or whatever that is but no she was just like hey how's it going and walks out it it felt under undercut i guess yeah. i liked that actually because i i i felt like it was it was intentionally like just building up a character for nothing it's like having channing tatum be the the is this a sex thing guy it's like yeah. we're just gonna have our friends in the movie and we're gonna like fuck around I mean, I think it would have been cool if so. You know the the actress that played Domino, she's yeah. like she's like the Viper or something. Yes, I think that her role could have been switched out with the. I can never remember, remember the name, so I'm gonna Karen Fukuhara. Karen Fukuhara. Yes, the one I'm about to talk about. I I think it would have been a made a little bit more sense if she was the Viper or something. But I'm entirely okay with it. I mean, being that Jazzy Beats is great too. So. Well, yeah, she's also great. It's just, I think it would have been made more sense, but it's not my movie. Um, I'm not really a Brad Pitt guy either. I'm moving on to other actors. Brad Pitt's not really like my thing. I loved him in The Seven. Um, and uh, uh, actually, I don't think I saw much of him in any other movies, but I thought he, instead of playing like the the normal, like I'm a serious action guy, I really liked him being goofy and he had then, a lot of goofy dad energy i really i really like that yeah and then i really liked obviously lemon and tangerine those two are like the highlight of the entire movie just their 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 relationship and how they acted like just how goofy they were but they were good at their jobs and the whole like Thomas the Train analogy was just so much fun. He's a fucking diesel. Yeah, I, I loved that. Dude, that shit had me rolling. Oh, yeah. I was actually laughing out loud when I was watching the movie. I had a lot of fun. Um, Jacob, what you got? Oh, you go for me instead of you. I go for the throat. <laughs> uh, mine's kind of a toss up between Doctor Strange 2 and Prey. Uh, Prey was an unexpected uh, win. Like, <sighs> there was hardly any marketing. And what we did get, it was like, that's a really weird premise. 
and it's only on Hulu, it can't be good. Like we've had a couple stinkers in a row. It's just going to be another one. But no, it's like one of the best movies of the year. And then uh, Doctor Strange 2, I like better than the first Doctor Strange. It it is it looks amazing. It's very important for like plot points that we've had going in the Marvel universe for quite a while. Um, just I don't know. <laughs> I uh, after calling you so many words to describe his favorite movie, I'm like, these are good. I like these. That's fair. Those two actually ended up right next to each other um, in like my ranking of the year. They're like, I don't remember where they sit in the whole thing, but I remember they're directly next to each other. It was a really good weekend. Um, So mine is a three-way tie just because I'm like that. Um, this is a fucking asshole. Um, so we have everything, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, I didn't even get to watch, see that movie. It is so good. You have to go in in the right mind state, though. Uh, my girlfriend hated it because she was just like, it's dumb. And it's like, if you can't see, like, intelligent crafting behind stupid things, then, like, where's your brain at, you know? Um, it's it's a really intricate movie. It was made for a very low budget and with a very small VFX team, which was one of the things I really walked away with. Like a 200 person VFX team wow. and has some of the best VFX in any movie I've seen this year of, of that scale. Yeah. Um, the performances are fucking phenomenal across the board. Um, I, I know this is a barometer that we joke about quite a lot, so I'm gonna say it anyways. Uh, I cried multiple times watching this, it. multiple times. Fuck up, but about rocks with googly eyes. I have never had such an existent, existential cry during a movie. It was intense. Um, I probably reminded him of the time when he used to have a pet rock and it died. Wow. Uh, not exactly. Um, it's, sure. it's just really, really fun. The action is phenomenal. Uh, the directors make really cool cameos. The pacing does suffer a little bit with the structure of the movie being so jumbled intentionally. It just There's a bit of a lull. Um, and then we have Glass Onion, which uh, Jacob... Uh, myself and my girlfriend watched in theaters. I'm going to be rewatching it on Netflix now that it's actually out. Um, it rivals Knives Out in terms of its complexity, but it um, opts for a very different aesthetic and tone and structure, which is, I think, what makes it it's so different. It's not just a retread of... So it fails because it doesn't have Anna de Armas. Yeah, but... It's just it's 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 a really good example of how to not try to one up yourself when doing a movie and opt for a different premise. Um, any more than that will kind of spoil all of it. But it's just it's very, very funny. All of the performances are excellent. I I was kind of like squirming in my seat, getting excited during some scenes. Um, the the detail work is immaculate. It is right. Ryan Johnson. I don't need to elaborate on that. And then just shooting up yesterday. Um, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I'm not joking. <laughs> Eat my ass. Um, so, <laughs> Into the Spider the, the Into the Spider Verse has made like animation companies realize they have to actually give a shit again, uh, which is phenomenal. Obviously, everyone's trying to ape that kind of painterly comic booky style right now, but I would rather take that over like semi realistic 
grunge any day. Yeah. Um, this movie doubles down on everything that the first movie did really well. Um, I watched the original movie in theaters in 2011 for my birthday. Um, so I have some nostalgia for it. I rewatched it the other day. It's fine. Um, but the, this series is at its strengths when it's like kind of forgetting about Shrek and it takes itself a little bit more seriously. Um, it's still filled with plenty of really crude jokes, of course, but it, it this movie has a surprisingly intense tone. Um, and it's about like, it's a very existential movie, despite being made for children in massive quotations. Um, it's a puss is literally dying and he's running away from death. It's fucking intense, dude. Um, the jokes are actually funny this time around. The last Puss in Boots had a character that everyone hated. Humpty Dumpty was not funny, and the egg puns got really fucking annoying. Um, he was played well by Zach Galifianakis, but this movie is a step up in every way. The animation uh, opts for the painterly style, and then during action sequences, I think it, it's not necessarily a reduced frame rate, but there are like less drawn frames. The jumps between each movement are, are uh, bigger. And it just, oh, it looks so freaking good. And it just goes for the throat. It actually takes advantage of the fairy tale slash parody setting a lot better than the other movies do. Whereas Shrek opts for like, you know, Disney satire when it remembers what it's doing. Um, this movie kind of takes itself seriously and it just goes, but what if uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears were bounty hunters? Mm -hmm. Like... It's really fun. Florence Pugh is surprisingly excellent in this movie. Colin's about to get excited. There he is. I can. <laughs> <laughs> Florence Pugh. Oh my gosh. Uh, she plays what Goldilocks. Do you mean surprisingly. I didn't know she was in this. And then I heard her voice and I went, oh shit. And then it was like, this is one of our best performances. No joke. It's really good. My Lord. Um, the thing I like about this movie in more than anything else is it does that really nice balance between taking itself seriously and like being approachable for people. So instead of, um, we always trash on like kids movies, you know, your minions type shit where it's clearly not meant for everybody. And it's kind of algorithmically generated sludge. Um, whereas really good, like family friendly movies are good for basically everybody. And you can enjoy different things in them. I was in this theater with a bunch of 20 year olds like me and then a shit ton of six year olds. The six year olds were having a ball and like laughing at everything. And all the 20 year olds were like having mental breakdowns. It was rough. Um, like that's the type of movie going experience I really like having. Um, and also Selma Hayek as a cat is going to turn me into a furry. I swear to God. Um, I think after oh. that comment, we should move on. <laughs> Moving on to the worst movie or most disappointing movie of the year. Colin, what do you got? Um, oh shit. Okay. So Just go for it. The most disappointing movie for me, uh, since I haven't watched that much, honestly, was Pinocchio by... Uh, really? Totoro. So Bro. it's not about the quality and it's not... <sighs> I was just expecting more on the supernatural side from the trailer, at least, because that's what it gave off. It gave off more of, like, we're going to focus on the supernatural and, like, the scenes with the supernatural, like, the demon angel thing, the death angel. I'm going to call it death angel and the life angel. The life angel brought him back to life, of course, and Jiminy Cricket was uh, protect going to protect him and, like, make him a good boy so he can get, like... Um, his a wish granted from the life angel 
and stuff like that. And Pinocchio can't die, so like every time she, he dies, you know, he comes back to life, but after a certain period of time. The idea of that was cool, but I think for me, it felt like it followed too much of the original, I guess. And that's saying, that's weird to say since this is such a different aesthetic approach since we got a lot more World War II elements and we got a lot more, uh, a lot more emotional parts with this movie. It's just, it wasn't what I was expecting, which is fine. And it's nowhere near a bad movie, but I was expecting something different going in and expecting something more supernatural because of the direct of knowing the director's movie history wacky i wanted to i was trying to control myself last week because that movie's in like my top 10 it's well no that's good i mean that's good it's just it's not for me and wow. that's why i'm okay you're stealing I, my childhood from me dude no i love pinocchio that's the thing i was expecting more supernatural but also, I, I have a weird relationship with Pinocchio that I won't go go into. Jacob, nice. You. Uh, one of his one of his is going to be one of my two for sure. Yeah, I know which one Spencer's going to do. So I'm going to go. I'm going to specify first that we have this as either the worst or the most disappointing movie of the year just to give ourselves uh some wiggle room on this topic so um well i'm colin did most disappointing i'm gonna do worst and that would be halloween ends there we go there was nothing redeemable about that movie like it, it is one one of the very few times in the year that I was like, that is an hour and a half that I will not get back of my life. Just gone. Like I would have been better scrubbing the toilet or washing dishes or something, something <laughs> productive. But no, I, I sat on the couch and stared at a screen wishing for my life to end. It's just terrible. It, it doesn't even have Michael really in it. He's just there to be killed. And they go, he's dead. And then the movie ends. Wow. Halloween ends. Incredible title. That's um, like a really bad YouTube movie. Yeah, I'm I'm basically on the same train as Jacob on that. So not to be repetitive. Um, I think something we could probably all agree on was Thor Love and Thunder was Yep. Oh shit, I totally for See, that movie's so bad that I, like, got rid of it out of my Yeah. It so, right. It's another universal agree. Um, it's not it, even, like, my favorite, because, like, I haven't read much Thor, but it's, like, my fav- one of my favorite comic book stories ever, actually, and they ruined it for me, because I was, like, so excited. Hey, I even this, read this is his talking point. I know. I just wanted to say that. I'm, I wasn't going to actually talk about it. I just wanted to lampshade the movie, because I think we've ragged on it enough. It Again. Uh, the Batman situation here. Uh, we've we've definitely gone over Thor: Love and Thunder enough. Um, mine is Blonde. Um, so that is the semi book adaptation, semi biographical movie thing um, about uh, Marilyn Monroe. Um, so fun fact: I'm a boomer. 
I really like Marilyn Monroe. Suck my ass. Um, and I was I was very excited for Anna Darmus to fill, like fill that role. I thought that that was a really good pick. Um, I'd been following the behind the scenes on this thing for ages. Um, there's a lot of controversy before it came out, and the fact that it is an adaptation of a book, which is a fictional book, but kind of based on life events, is I think where this thing really fell apart. Um, I've read the book; it's not that great. Um, and I think that's the biggest issue because this movie in some moments wants to be like a kind of normal, like biopic movie. Um, and then also it wants to be like a very surreal, um, like nightmare movie in a sense. I don't know how else to describe it. And that's the element I was more interested in, um, is on some rare occasions, this movie can has interesting visuals in terms of how it explores what's going on in the moment. Like, Mind me being graphic for a second. Um, there's a sex scene. There's a lot of those. Um, and the bed that they're on, it like turns into a waterfall. I'm not going to elaborate. There's some interesting ideas in the visuals, but they're so few and far between. It's really disappointing. Um, the movie is cruel more than anything else. Marilyn Monroe had a really fucked up life. And this movie was apparently about exploring um like hollywood exploitation and how much of a shitty life she had that a lot of people don't know about like from childhood and yet this movie just kind of doubles down on doing like non-stop voyeurism there's multiple plot lines that are just completely fictional like her being forced to have an abortion like stuff that just never happened and that's what feels really gross about it is there are characters that are are involved in her personal life that are entirely fictional creations they're like amalgamations of multiple people it just doesn't it doesn't work it feels gross when i asked about it you said it was supposed to be a movie about how exploitation is bad and all they do is exploit literally and it, it's weird that it sounds weird to speculate on this but the fact that anna de Armas, such a very pretty big name right now is involved in it is interesting not because i'm like oh no she'd never be involved in a movie like this that would be weird like it's weird that she kind of seemed to got pushed around so much on this thing because she is in a lot of very compromising situations in this and it's very clearly not like a body double or anything there's a lot there's a lot this is an nc-17 movie there's a lot going on and her she's trying her ass off to perform but she's put in so many scenarios that are just not workable behind the camera I'm going to say it. This movie being directed by a guy is really fucking clear. It's extremely like very voyeuristic in the wrong way. It just made me feel really gross. It wasn't the worst thing exactly, but it's the thing I could never dream of watching again from this year. I have a runner up and that would be uncharted. It wasn't as bad as Spencer predicted, but it wasn't as good as I hoped for either. I was like, well, this one screenshot looks good, so maybe <laughs> they have that much attention to detail. No, it's just fine, if not kind of bad. Just wait until Tom Holland is playing, like, The Mask of Zorro or something. Oh my word, please shut up. Weirdest comment I've heard all year. Antonio Banderas worked with him on that movie, and he, he said that that's the pick he wanted to, like, pass the baton to is Tom fucking Holland. Like, come on, dude. That's fucking retarded Colin the next topic is favorite TV series or season 
So I guess it would be a, a kind of cheap pick if I were to go for um, Chainsaw Man because it's not done right now, even though it is one of my most highly anticipated shows. Yeah, I but, think we have one episode left this year. Yeah. Um, and I have been talking a little bit about it through the year. I'm going to go with my favorite show is Peacemaker, actually. I think all three of us have the same top three, I think. Nope. So go but, off, King. Yeah, so Peacemaker, uh, it was... Oh, where do I start? So, starting off with The Suicide Squad, the second movie, which I thought was fantastic, and I loved it, um, and I actually watch it multiple times. Like, I'll watch it randomly through a year. And one of my least favorite characters, the one I hated, was Peacemaker. And this show shows how, like, it goes in, into, like, not too serious territory, but it goes enough where it's realistic in the sense of, like, what what would happen to a child in these situations, you know, in like a superhero world and what would make him turn into this, like, I'm a superhero, even though I was raised by a white supremacist father and why I'm showing why I'm unable to like understand certain things of the norm, but like, I'm trying my best to like be better. And I'm trying to like understand what's okay to say and what's not okay to say, not just for the sake of not getting yelled at, but of like, wanting to learn what's not being an asshole anymore because i feel like we can all agree that we have grown up in like a type of not white supremacist but like unconsciously i'm 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 gonna say this like with a grain of salt take with a grain of salt like unconsciously like white like a racist family background i guess it's just something that that's around and it shouldn't be neglected but it's something that i feel like we could relate to where this character is like yeah i have these things that i grew up on like knowing and understanding but like now as an adult i know that it's not okay and i want to be better so i'm trying to change um and i want to be a good person and i guess that's just a little bit of something that i took away from the show but the show with cgi cgi was good it wasn't terrible it's not like the flash but how they mix that with the comedy and our character developments of john cena's peacemaker i think it was one of my favorite shows of the year that i even even like watched twice within like the same amount of time that it came out in the first season like finished I could definitely agree with that. It's in my top three. I like that you focused on the the like emotional storytelling more so than the rest of it because that's what I also took away from the show. Like the the action is mostly pretty good. There's the the that one shot sequence with him using everything as a freaking weapon at, in like the last episode was really cool. Yeah, um, and like there's some really good choreography, but the show's not about that. And I think that's. Imp- not necessarily impressive. It was just a little unexpected. James Gunn has always been really good at balancing emotional storytelling about kind of the same topics every time yeah. and really good action and like really fun performances. And the show just, it feels like a TV show in the best way possible. It's, it feels, it feels like serialized, of course. I think it, I think it focused on like the right things to talk about, especially for the time that we're at 
but also like it it's not forced into the character this is just stuff the character has and has lived with and um yeah like the bet i think the best part of this like the best cgi in the whole show was like the his dad's like armory that, that was, was pretty neat that was so that like that imprinted onto my mind and i'm going to use that concept for my own comic of course you are well yeah of course because uh make to make a story you have to uh take a bunch of ideas and mash them to one and then it's your own new original idea but um for me i like to try to focus on the emotional storytelling for stories more often than not because if you have a lack of that but tons of action and you're trying to be both i feel like you're failing but if you're meant to be like an action movie and the emotional storytelling's not really there, then I can accept that because it's supposed to be an action movie. But this is like a, a TV show about this character and about yeah. his relationship with the world and people that he's surrounded by. Yeah, there's it's 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 really nice, honestly. This is something about James Gunn that I really appreciate, despite that I don't always love his projects or his sensibilities all the time, is he's like an abundantly honest person. Every single thing he's ever worked on is in some way, shape, matter, form about himself. There, every, every movie project and now TV project, it's all about scumbags and a lot of like toxic masculine bullshit. And like that's it, it's such an abundantly clear like self parody. Whereas he's kind of like visually demonstrating his own progression in life, and it's really fun to watch. Um, and that's the thing about Peacemaker. I, I really took away from it was like just. The balls on him, honestly, more than anything else. Just like, yeah, this is like what what my life looks like in some way, like some very obscured way, shape, matter, or form. Is like he can always do that. Where you're like, this is coming from some type of personal experience. You can you can smell it. It feels very personal, and I very much enjoyed that. So, uh, Jacob, what have you? What was your favorite show of the year or season? I had a really hard time coming up with. TV that I have watched in general. And then after doing some research, I was like, yeah, that was fine. But I also had some pretty big complaints about it. So <clears throat> I finished a video game is a channel on YouTube that I've been watching kind of like it's TV. Uh, in one year, the guy went from 500 followers to 50,000 followers just this year. Some of the videos he's released this year are about uh, the Prince of Persia video game series. Um, an interesting view on Mortal Shell. I really don't like that game, but after watching his video about it, I was like, yeah, okay, I can see why it's it's doing so well because it, it does its own things. <clears throat> and his latest video is about every Castlevania game and the history behind them. But the reason I started watching his channel is because he played through every single, with some exceptions, Lord of the Rings video game ever. The video is just over five hours long, and I swear it is the only YouTube video that long that I've ever cared about finishing. Uh, Moon Knight and She-Hulk were pretty good, too. So my top three was Andor, Sandman, and Peacemaker, and I'm kind of surprised we didn't all settle on those. That's interesting. Or and or what in Peacemaker? Sandman. Oh shit! Oh shit! I totally forgot about Sandman. The weeb. I have. I just have top three of the year. Go ahead, take it away, Spencer. You're welcome. Um, I just I I have 
the stinking do you want to taste it song in my head now. <laughs> All I can do is see the intro over and over again. Anyways, yeah, Sandman. Um, so I've been reading Sandman for like two years now. Um, it's a character that's always been on the periphery of my interest level. When I was younger and I got into comics, I knew it was something I would want to read eventually, but I kind of knew it would go over my head. I was self-aware. Um, and I, I, I'm about halfway through now. It's been a slow chug here and there. I just, because it, it's kind of hard to binge read. That's probably a good thing. Um, I only read a couple of issues at a time and then I'll put it away for a month. Um, this was a very, very good adaptation. Uh, Jacob and I had talked about pretty intensely uh, the audiobook adaptation that's currently running. If you even really want to call it an adaptation, it's more like a narration, um, which is still currently running. They're, I think, three-fifths of the way through, roughly, um, and, and the differences between the two. And while the, the, the audiobooks basically feel like cheating to give us a better version, to be fair, um, the show is impressively great. It I has think some. That was my problem was that I was doing like a chapter of the audiobook and then uh, in the morning, and then I would watch the TV show at night. And it's like so much of the Sandman is so difficult to capture visually, that, as opposed to your imagination. Uh, of course, the TV show is going to fall apart. Of course. Um, it's just kind of like the natural like difference between mediums. If you're going to make Sandman into a TV show, then I think this is about as good as they were going to get. Um, <clears throat> it had one of my favorite things of all time, and that's when the original writer gets to rewrite their own screenplays. I really, I really dig that aspect. I don't know why, um, but them being able to smooth over and, and punch up their own scripts for an adaptation version or like a re-release or whatever is really cool. Uh, Neil Gaiman was the only writer on this series, as far as I can remember. Um, and him being the one making the executive choices on how to tweak the the plot, the the plotting, the um, structure and all that stuff, how much more of the Corinthian that he added, because the Corinthian, while one of the most iconic villains from Sandman, isn't actually there that much. Um, just the the way that he restructured the stories, but also kept them va vaguely chronological is really well done. Um, the casting across the board is fucking goaded it's not even funny um i've rewatched this show like three or four times um i was able to watch it with someone who doesn't like comic books and uh she loved it so that helps um i was really a, a good way to put this is i was extremely nervous this wasn't gonna get renewed i was like sweating bullets that netflix was gonna cancel it despite the fact that it made shit tons of money just because it may it cost them shit tons of money to make, and Netflix is kind of going under right now. Um, I'm super excited for the next season. Sadly, it's definitely not coming out this coming year, so I won't be talking about that. But like Sandman, and then I Andor feels like cheating because I've been oozing about it for a month straight now. So I'm just gonna dip out of that. Um, just to plug it on Twitter, I plugged a whole bunch of really good video essays that I found on the topic. Um, if anybody wants to go check those out, they're all really well done. So just you know, do that instead of listen to my stupid opinion. Moving on to the next, next little bit. Jacob, what was your most hated or disappointing TV show from this year? Ooh, I got two. And uh, I watched them back to back, actually. Uh, it, it's a, an even tie between Paramount's Halo TV show or Netflix's Resident Evil. So, um, 
I think I I liked Resident Evil just a hair more because Halo Halo felt like it was made by someone who had looked at cover art for the video game and nothing else. Like it had some interesting armor and it had some of the same weapons and then that was pretty much it. Everything else felt like a shitty um military show made by CBS or <clears throat> uh yeah like that was basically how it felt um it it just felt like another generic CBS show with not uh, with some leftover star trek uh uh set pieces that were just found in in a back hallway that's a um, very good way to put it it was terrible um there was so much lore that they made up just for the show, despite the video game having extensive lore that has been set up in the games and the books. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to make so much new stuff that sucked. Um, Resident Evil has an extensive history too, but... I think it, it, I liked it better. At than... least the Resident Evil games are already kind of contradictory nonsense. Yeah, those kind of spin off and do their own thing, like global zombie pandemic. So it kind of makes sense to have like a Fallout scenario where someone makes their own utopia and they're like, no, we're safe from the freaking zombies or whatever here. And that could have been cool, but it did so many flashbacks and it had so many shitty CGI effects and it kind of just spun its wheels and didn't really go anywhere or do anything. It was boring. That that was Halo was offensively bad. Resident Evil was just boring. That's fair. Colin, what TV show uh, has been the most disappointing or bad this uh, year for uh, you? Give me one second. He think. I have to think. Google what TV shows came out this year. Oh my god! Um, While he's doing that, Spencer hit us up. So I will double down on what Jacob said. Uh, Halo and Resident Evil were a pretty rough back to back. Um, I think the second half of Resident Evil, I was mostly drinking when I was kind of tipsy. Uh, I would just wait until eleven p.m. when I had already had three drinks, and like then put it on. Um, yeah, those are both. Very rough at best. Um, my other pick uh, is the Santa Clauses, and yes, you heard that correctly. So it is a it's a series on Disney Plus. It's not out. It's not the the whole season isn't out yet, but I don't even feel comfortable like watching the rest of it. Um, so the Santa Claus trilogy uh, with Tim Allen is like a childhood staple of mine. Um, the movies vary in quality and consistency, which is fine. It is what it is. I'm sure if I watch them now, they will not hold up, but they hold a special little place in my heart. Um, and then when they said, oh, hey, we're going to do a sequel series set, you know, 20 years later, the, all of the original cast is returning, including people that haven't been seen since the first movie. I got excited. And then the first trailer came out and the first thing was Tim Allen bitching about how you can't say Christmas anymore. And it just all went downhill from there. Uh, the script writing is pathetically lazy. There's it's inconsistent with the other move with the movies in unbelievable ways. Like 
Mrs. Claus has no memory of who she was before getting married to him, which is horrifying. It's very fucked up. Um, the Sounds the like I, Cosby moment. Seriously, like I don't like. I used to like Tim Allen. I find him funny, but I've always appreciated the fact that he's actually decent at keeping his general personal beliefs out of his jokes most of the time. Like you can tell if you know how to read jokes, but he's he's usually pretty funny. Um, the past few years he's been getting much worse. It's just nonstop like propagandizing bullshit. And it's not funny. It's it's not funny and it's pathetic, honestly. So uh, the scripts are bad. There's no reason for this thing to exist. It's like looking for a replacement Santa. There's always a replacement Santa. That's how the thing works is you die and the next guy to pick up your shit is Santa now. Like, that's the whole point. So the show just fucks around. The set design is abysmal. It looks like crap. The fact that the entire original cast is back is cool because there are people in that movie that like, haven't been seen since like 97 or whatever, like since the original movie, but there's no effort put into this thing at all. I, I barely got through the first few episodes. It was, it was so cringe inducingly bad. Um, no, thank you. Please stop. And it got renewed for a second season. So just fucking kill me now. It makes me angry more than anything else. The other like resident evil and halo, I knew were going to be bad. So I just really lowered my expectations. I was not expecting to get like war on Christmas propaganda in a fucking Disney plus show. Colin, what you got? So Jacob, did you already do one? Yes, I did too. Oh, you did too. Okay. So I want to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I knew that was going to be it. Cause I can't really think of anything else. Cause I don't think I actually watch. I, I, I usually like, with things I watch, I kind of make sure I know I'm going to enjoy them. That's fair. Um, even in the first four episodes, if I watch a show and I'm not forced to watch the show, I won't keep watching it if I don't like it, so I won't finish it. So Obi-Wan Kenobi was something that I should have had my expectations even lower for. I had it low, but just I was excited because Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor, um, there's a lot of points in that show that were awesome. Like all the Darth Vader scenes were so cool, but just because you have awesome Darth Vader scenes doesn't mean it saves the show. The idea of him, of Obi-Wan helping and saving Leia was neat. It gives us a little bit of a backstory of like, oh, she knows Obi-Wan, even though we didn't need that. All we needed to know is that like, it, it could have just been left as, oh, she's heard stories of this master Jedi that helps people Obi-Wan Kenobi through her father. And like, that's cool. That works. But they had to put them together in a story, um, which was fine. <coughs> Sorry. Um, just very underwhelming, I guess. It was nice seeing Obi-Wan go through problems and go through these struggles of like losing hope and losing his faith. And... But a problem that I had that I couldn't pinpoint, but Spencer did, was the lighting of the last fight of them with like the lightsabers. Like I was like, oh, that's what it is that's bothering me. And also like just the set location, it's kind of boring. And also something that I thought was annoying was seeing Obi-Wan, like just Obi-Wan defeated Darth Vader by throwing a bunch of rocks at him. And I know Darth Vader was like battle damage, but it seemed like he was kind of nerfed in the movie for that point at least and i guess it's because plot armor but i think the best lines 
said were the ones between Obi-Wan and Anakin, where Anakin's like, I'm not your failure, Obi-Wan, which when he first says that, that's like, oh, wow, there's kind of like, um, it's okay, friend. I This is not your problem. This is not your fault. But then it turns into, I killed Anakin. And it's like, oh, okay. So like, that was awesome. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was really cool. But for the most part, it's not a show I'd watch again. That's the thing with that show is it's, it's, it's totally fine. Like, it's just really mid. There's some incredible moments and there's some stuff that's really cool. But like, <laughs> Kenobi and Boba Fett had like the same issues in terms of they were, they felt really cheap. And like the sets and lighting were done on a rush schedule. And then also come to find out that both of them were originally scripted to be movies. And then they fucked with them to make them into TV shows. It's like, ah, I see your issue there. It's like, it sucks because there's some stuff in it that is really good. Like the, the last fight in and of itself, I really like, but the fact that it takes place in a location with just gray mist and like rocks makes it hard to watch. The choreography is pretty cool. Like there's all everything that's like bad. There's definitely a good counterpoint, but not enough to like make it solid. Like it's it's like prequel tier, you know? It's like it's fine. Now that now that the haze of hating the prequels is over, it's like there's a lot to love here, but also there's a lot that's like violently bad, you know? It's just dumb. That's not hating the prequels, okay? I'm not. Don't do it. I'm not. It's just, it was, I think for me, it was more so sad that they got Ewan McGregor back and they got Hayden back. And it's like seeing them go at it was, it was weird, but like, I loved it. And then watching the show, it's like, oh, they came back for this. Really? You know, like, it's cool that like Hayden's kind of back in the Star Wars fold now. Like he's shooting scenes for other stuff and that's cool. But mm, yeah, it made me sad. And not in the good way. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, moving on to favorite comic slash collected edition. Um, I will lead because eat my butt. Um, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow was absolutely phenomenal. I had no interest in this book, really. Supergirl's a character very much on my periphery. She's fine whenever I see her, but I've never been really interested. Um, a lot of writers struggle with differentiating her from Power Girl and also Superman. Um it opens up with with Kara on another planet trying to get drunk for her 21st birthday, like going to us going so far out of the Milky Way galaxy to go find like a red sun so she can actually get drunk. It's hysterical. Um, there's a lot of voiceover, which is something that Tom King definitely does a lot of in all of his books. He's very writing and like panel heavy, um, which can get a little annoying. But just the dynamic between Supergirl uh, being kind of violently oscillating between being hopeful and pessimistic. She, in this book, is a very good example of, like, she actually feels like Superman's younger cousin. Like, she's a little edgy. She's got some issues to work through. She might kill someone, but, like, probably is going to do the right thing. Um, and her dynamic with the the girl that she brings around in this book is really cool. It, it, it's a really beautiful book to look at. The coloring is... Oh, it's it's fucking awesome. Um, and then real quick, Dark Knights of Steel, volume one, absolute certified banger. Like, I can't even get into that. There's so many spoilers. It's just, it's gorgeous. The design work is immaculate. 
Um, I second that one. There's a handful of things that are a little glossed over for my taste, but it's a comic book. It kind of has to be. Um, the politics is really interesting. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's it's fucking cool. I haven't said that about a comic book as like my favorite thing in ages. Um, and then Department of Truth, Volume One, Two, and Three, because I only found that this year because I'm stupid. Those were all fucking phenomenal. I have Volume Four right next to me, and I'm gonna read it when we're done. Jacob, what you got? I have a very long list. I'm glad you hit some of them. Uh, I actually deleted them because my list was too long. Uh, <laughs> New X-Men by Grant Morrison was fantastic. I have a very difficult time getting into X-Men anything, usually because they have such a long history that they go, it, you pick it up and they go, oh my gosh, this this plot from, from freaking 1993 is happening again. And it's like, what? So, um... Just jumping into the new X-Men by Grant Morrison. It was a nice chunk of X-Men that stood by itself. It was very enjoyable. Uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider by Donny Cates was a fun ride through space. No, um, it was just Donny Cates being weird and edgy and being like, but what if Ghost Rider was the Punisher or vice versa. And he met with Thanos and made him a Punisher, but then tried not to make him a Punisher. It's just fun. It's crazy. It's dumb. It was so much fun. Uh, Daredevil by Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, both volumes. It was amazing. It blew my mind how well it tied into uh, Jessica Jones, like the only book that she has because it was written by the same guy. And it's so good. <laughs> It just gels so well together. I'm working on the uh, he, uh, Brian Michael Bendis left it, and then Ed Brubaker or Brubaker picked it up right afterwards. And I'm working on that omnibus right now. But it was just seamless how it went from one writer to the other. Very very good stuff. I read the first two thirds of uh, <clears throat> Green Lantern by Jeff Johns. Uh, that's like 10 years of Green Lantern comics. So I read, what, six or seven years worth of Green Lantern comics by the same writer, and that stuff was freaking amazing. It felt like it. I should have gotten tired of reading it, but I didn't. It just kept getting bigger and better, and it, it didn't repeat points. It just kept growing as a story. It was really good. And then my last one is Guardians of the Galaxy by Donny Cates. That was a nice, uh, it you can't even call it an omnibus. It's like a thick trade, I guess. I don't know, a, a collected edition maybe. Um, and that was a fun little romp that almost, but not quite, got a tear to my eye. It, they almost killed Rocket and Groot. And it was horrible and painful. So good. Very good year for comics. I didn't even mention Finding Department of Truth and sharing that with Spencer. Or finally reading the Swamp Thing by Ram V that Spencer got me for Christmas. All very good stuff. Colin, your turn. 
All right. Um, so obviously my first one is going to be do a power bomb by Daniel Warren Johnson. Of course, I want to talk about that. Um, because so ass kisser. Uh, yes, I am. So I don't really care for wrestling, but like growing up ever since I watched Nacho Libre, for, there's some, something about like Mexican wrestlers with their masks and just the whole like, um, like lore they give themselves. It's just so cool. And I that that's what's something that's always interested me, but not enough to really care about wrestling. Is and then- now a good time to bring up the one time Colin threw a jetpack bag over his head and call, called himself the Crimson Condom? Oh yeah, that's that, that that's such a like wrestling. That was such a like uh, immediate like oh this is gonna be like my um, uh, luchador mask. Uh, <laughs> that was like the idea, and it was fun and fantastic. So, and I'm known for that to the point where uh, when I hung out with Jeff, one of our patrons, that he left a unattended jetpack bag out in his open in his apartment like living room in hopes that i would just take it and put it on and make it a mask even though i'm i'm, I'm literally not like i'm gonna take your bag and make it into a mask because like you might want to use it and the only reason why i had that thought in my head is because jacob still uses his bags like he uses them to travel around when we have to work at the prison and so um i just thought didn't use that and he's like you better use it i'm like okay but on to do a power bomb that was so much fun to read like the art was just fantastic as always the colors were amazing. Um, uh, the colors and the art was such an amazing duo, as always. And the story actually got to me. Of course, Daniel's always there to give me a little tear in my eye and get me a little pissed off about what's going on um, and kind of got me a little interested into wrestling, at least wanting to draw wrestling moves. Like it makes me want to draw that a little bit more because they're just dynamic they're meant to be and they're meant to be interesting to look at and um i love that they eventually decided to wrestle with god it's uh it's just such a fun and cool concept and the ending was nice and it's what it needed for the story but that was definitely like my top comic of the year um but i guess other ones it's hard to think because I've I actually have read a lot and they're kind of like all askew. I would like to say the newer Night Nightwing run, um, probably especially the uh, I can I can't remember the artist and I can't remember the writer. I think it's Tom Taylor is the writer. Yeah, yeah Tom Taylor's the writer. I can't remember the artist, but like it, it, it felt like it breathed new life into Nightwing. You know, it reinflated his butt cheeks. Yeah, reinflated his butt cheeks and gave him like with the art, it, it gave him it gave him a new way of showing gadgets. Because Batman has is known for gadgets and Nightwing is the, the prince of Gotham. So of course he's gonna have gadgets too, but there's such a different way with the batons. And ha- they would have like little boxes and it would like show you instructions of what he's doing to turn it into a different form of gadget. Like his utility belt is. Like they are the batons and how it's being used and also just adding in that little doggy and the relationship between him and Babs is just, ah, it's like watching your big brother, like reunite his, his lost love with like your favorite, like one of your older brother's girlfriends. Nightwing and Babs is, is gotta be one of like the all time comic romances. Yes. It's top tier, man. It's just, 
Oh, he's so Love good. Babs. Okay. I, I think the thing about that dynamic, real quick, that I really appreciate is the fact that whenever they're like, I'm not into you right now, they're like, okay. And then like they just go dick off and then they come back. Like there is no, they don't have very dramatic breakups. They just kind of go through phases like adults. Yeah. They're typically very mature about it, which is really cool. And Any other books, my good sir? So another book, if I remember correctly, I think I did read it this year, which was the Thor Aaron Aaron Johnson run. I think I read I think I read that this year. I thought you were gonna do uh, Infinite Frontier. Mm, no, because I, I remember watching that. Basically, I remember watching that movie growing up, and it's kind of the same. Like they did really well with that uh, animated movie um, for the same with the uh, comic. Um, Correction, Colin. It's Jason Aaron, you degenerative scum. Aaron Jason? Aaron Johnson? Jason Aaron, sorry. My word. I can't fucking think, Spencer. Shut the fuck up. It's the day before Christmas. Let me have mess ups. Okay, so uh, that introduced me into to one of my favorite villains ever, which is Gore the God Butcher. And that story is fantastic. It, it brings you through all these different time periods of Thor. And it got me interested in Thor because I just know I just knew Thor through the movies, which is a bad introduction to Thor. And but just like it's such a good setup where you can just read this. You don't have to read any other Thor and you can just dive into the storyline. And this is where you kick off. And it's such a great villain to start with, too, where it's it's this guy who wants to kill every single god but doesn't realize in the process of doing that he's becoming a god himself he's becoming exactly what he hates and seeing thor fight such a fierce force is exhilarating to say the least it's probably one of the most exciting it's probably one of the most um What's the word I'm looking for, guys? It's probably Prodigious. one of the What's that? Prodigious. Prodigious? Prodigious. I don't know what that word, so we're going to skip over that. Isn't that a type of tree? No, it's called a pantry. Um, uh, I'm working with idiots. Yes. Uh, it, <laughs> it's one of the most interesting comics I've read this year that stuck out with me. It's got a unique art style too. Yeah, it's got such a unique art style. Where thank you, Jacob, for uh, pointing that out. Uh, it is, it's like kind of realistic but painterly. It's like a baroque. It's like a baroque painting. Asad Ribich is like good <laughs> with the sauce. I, that art is disgustingly good. It's ridiculously good, and it's also it can still be funny at times. Like sometimes Thor's facial expressions or some people's facial expressions are so like goofy, not like. It almost gives me like, you know, an anime where it's like it has a significant art style and then it gets all goofy and it has that like simplicity. It's like it's it's like mimicking that, but staying within the bounds of its art style and not taking you out of the story in any way. And it's almost like it's meant to be kind of serious, but also like, a, hey, he's making a funny face or she's making a funny face. Um but yeah, that first the first uh, collected edition is what I read. I finished this year, and Gore is just goaded. 
Yes. So, uh, worst comic slash collected edition that you've read. We'll just go in the same order. I'm going to ask Blast this. The entire New 52 Deathstroke run was a steaming pile of dog shit. Um, there were like eight creative teams that worked on this thing. There, um, with the original New 52 reboot, there were two trades in the original run. Um, those, those were uh, like horrid. Um, then they rebooted it. Well, they they relaunched the the title again. Um, and then it's collected in an omnibus for, I think it's about four trades. It's a little better. Most of the art is at least, you know, decent to look at. But th- it oscillates between Deathstroke being like really goofy and also he's fighting Wonder Woman. Like he's just, he has so many magical weapons and shit. He's going on like vision quests. It's very weird. I just, the writing is a is is inconsistent and none of it's really interesting. Um, the character feels really generic, despite having a couple of really cool suit designs. Um, and the first couple of trades are just some of the worst shit I've ever read. He has basically an Iron Man suit. It's just. Why would you do that, bro? Um, not good, uh, especially when contrasted with the uh, next run, the Christopher Priest run, which had plenty of issues, but was actually, I don't know, coherent. Um, it, it really demonstrates how poor the new 52 stuff was. Uh, Robin's being Robin was a book I was really excited for. And then it ended up being like a YA anime book type thing. It was like, it was like reading like an isekai anime. And I don't like that. Does that Um, mean Colin would like it? Maybe no, 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 no. When we went over it, Colin was bored as shit. Colin is now wearing a big fluffy strawberry hoodie. Yeah. I stole it from Oh Uh, my gosh. What was I bored about? Uh, Robin's being Robin. It's the story about there might have been a Robin before the Robins, but none of it actually happened. Like, yeah, it was incredible. It wasn't like the worst thing, but it was so much worse than I was expecting um, and had zero impact on anything, which with a story like that, it should have impact. Um, And then Swamp Thing Tales from the Bayou and New Roots were two collected editions that collected um, a whole bunch of years of Swamp Thing stuff when it was released in walmarts um as well as during covid time so there's a bunch of the publication history everywhere got really confusing during lockdown time um and all of this is dog shit just there's one it it, most of it's out of continuity with any timeline um none of it's clear what connects to what there is one um one short story by tom king with art by jason fabach i believe it's either jason fabach or gary frank um, and that's amazing. And there's one plot line, which is like three issues long with Jason Woodrow's daughter and Swamp Thing. And they have a weird kind of romantic relationship. It's not great. And I'm going to say his name again because I can. Most of this was written by Tim Seeley. I swear to God, this guy can't write for shit. Um, just both of these books were abysmal. None of it co- connects to each other. I'm so, so glad that with... Um, Infinite Frontier, they just re they they restarted the line with a whole new creative team and a new Swamp Thing. Because, oh God, this stuff was bad. Jacob, what you got? Uh, I've got two for my worst of the year. One, I was really excited for because uh, it is based on a character. And I was like, oh, that's really exciting. It's really cheap. I've never seen this character have his own book before this might be the only one out there there's a reason for that 
Dead Man, Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love was not good. It was not good at all. Um, I mean, still a, a basic premise that could have been good. Uh, Dead Man is stuck in a haunted house and he has to help the people living there figure out what's going on with them so that he can escape. Like, that could work, but all the details around it did not appeal to me at all. Uh, the other terrible read I had this year were both Deadpool Max collected editions. I saw Amazon reviews rating it poorly that said it was childish humor, um, a lot of dick jokes, a lot of sex jokes, a lot of language just to have language in it. And I was like, all right, that pretty much sounds like my show. I might like it. And because it's Deadpool, I mean, it makes sense to have sex jokes and language in it. But the actual humor inside these books were terrible, awful human being jokes. Like, as in, you are a, a terrible, awful human being if you laugh at these jokes. It's beyond Cards Against Humanity. It is just bad. Rape jokes or, or like... um you don't make like Auschwitz jokes, like eh, not in a, a Marvel comic book. That's just a terrible idea. Every bad take on race, just everything, everything they could have done, they did terribly. And I did not enjoy it at all. Big oof. Colin, what's some of the worst stuff you read this year? Um, so here's my thing about that. Um if I don't like what I'm reading, I stop reading it and I refuse to read it ever again. So I then, then was there anything that was disappointing that you did finish? So I talked about it last week and it was actually Halloween Boy number two. That's so fair. I don't want to rag on him because I like the artist and I hope to meet him and I hope to like, I don't know, talk to him or something. But the second one was, I talked about it last week. It, it just wasn't that good. It, it was, felt like it was all over the place and it was hard to read sometimes because of the panel work and sometimes the artwork was kind of, <coughs> sorry. <clears throat> sometimes the artwork was just kind of like out of place or it was hard to just read. Not that it was like bad artwork. It's just, it was a lot and it wasn't not, not much. It was like hype. I guess highlighted is the lack of a better term and it just could have been better. So I guess that was just a more disappointing comic that I've read. And, um, that's fair. I can't really think of anything else. Okay. Uh, so moving on to, uh, podcast related stuff before we wrap it up. Um, actually, wait, no, why reorder this? I'm dumb. Uh, most anticipated comic or collected edition coming out this coming year. So it could be something that's starting up or just a book that's getting published. Um, I'm looking forward to the Green Arrow run uh, that's coming out of the Heroes of D the, 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 the current DC event stuff. Um, there's going to be a Green Arrow ongoing. There's rumors it might be a miniseries, but it's like the whole Green Arrow family. Green Arrow's books have always been really up and down, but he is one of my favorite characters. Um, the new Doctor Strange run, now that Doctor Strange is coming back from the dead, looks really freaking good. Jed McKay is a fantastic Doctor Strange writer, as well as a good Moon Knight writer. 
So those two will probably have some crossover at some point. And the Immortal Hulk omnibus is finally coming out for the whole run. They've been lying and saying that they're large, basically just deluxe edition hardcovers are omnibuses. They're not. This is only 50 issues. This is like the omnibus size. There's just one. And it's finally coming out in like June. And I'm super stoked to get that. Uh, I have a whole list of books that I'm excited, like collected editions that I'm excited to come out this year, or at least to get this year. Um, <clears throat> anything Department of Truth. Department of Truth 4 came out this week, I think. Um, so I'm very excited for that. Uh, I'm excited for Dark Knights of Steel to finish because I love the first book. Um, I just found out the other day that Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters is finally collected and I'm excited to catch up. I think there's a little bit of Star Wars stuff before that, but then finally read that. Uh, more Ram v, Ram v Swamp Thing. There's at least one book. I think it's launching in February of this year. Um, and then, of course, Beyond the White Knight being collected. And yeah. all of that side stuff that he's got, just all of the Beyond the White Knight stuff. Yeah. I need it. Yeah, because I did not read any of the issues. I have kept my nose out of it. I don't know what's happening, and I want to read it all right now. Due to how many delays it's had, it, I believe the 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 hardcovers coming out in like July or August. It's very they've announced the date, but it's very far out there because we still have like five issues left. It's it's gone through numerous delays on most of the issues, um, so it's gonna be a hot minute. My condolences to your sanity. So I guess what I'm looking forward to is, of course, Beyond the White Knight. Um, not I can't remember what comics or like uh, stories that are going to be coming out because usually I I not just because I do this on purpose, but like I like that I can't really remember because when I get because like when I cut when it comes close to a new one coming out and you guys are like oh this is coming out and then I'm like oh I get excited again. So I'm glad I guess I forget about those, but things I'm excited to buy at least um and read because i haven't read um just to kind of like find a little loophole in this uh topic uh i'm excited to buy human target uh the first collected edition because i Good i want call. i i wanted the collected edition but i don't and i wanted to read it because i love the artwork and i believe the artist is the same artist or the yeah, artist writer duo is the same as. Oh shit! Yeah, as Strange Adventures, yes. Yes, yes, and I love that book. I think. Oh wait, I think we are getting a Mister Terrific series. Maybe. I think so, but um, I, I'm excited for Hellboy in Love. More issues of that, and more issues of Riddler Year One. Because the art is really cool, and also I just love following anything the Batman. I Spencer, can you help me out? There's one more that I just remembered. It's um a really long title. It's got all kinds of symbols underneath it, it's like the thing inside the cabin across the lake or something. It's DC oh, Black um, Label. Yeah, oh, it's um, what is it like? Cabin on the yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I cannot remember. Ooh, also, uh, Swamp Thing Green Hell is finally getting a number two at some point. It's been confirmed. Yeah, it's coming out in um, 
February. Uh, they're re reprinting issue one in January. I've only wa- been waiting on that for a year now. <laughs> True. Ooh, got it. The nice house on the lake. There you go. It has so many interesting covers, and it seems to be like almost done. I just cannot wait for it to be collected in a book so I can read it all. Because, I have also been waiting for that one to get finished. Yeah, it just looks so intricate and and interesting and fun and maybe scary. So I'm down. Sick. Um, most anticipated um movies. I'll just blitz through mine. Uh. The new Nolan film, Oppenheimer, about the first atomic bomb. Oh, shit, yeah. Dune, part two. Oh, uh, I'm coming. Creed three, uh, which is going to be Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut, so I'm very interested in that. Across the Spider-Verse, obviously. Fuck. Um, and Indy 5, uh, The Dial of Destiny. So this movie is actually more exciting for me like than The Force Awakens on an emotional level, not like a visceral level. I have a stronger bond with Indiana Jones than I do Han Solo. Sue me. Um, the indie franchise is a whole other ball of worms, but this does look very good. I also really, really, really. It looks good. And also the fact that it's not Spielberg is honestly kind of a win. I love Spielberg, but his action like blockbuster movies have been pretty rough recently. Um, he's still really great with dramas, but the fact that it's James Mangold, who has demonstrated a phenomenal filmography so far, definitely seems like a good pick for this. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge can, like, step on me. Moving on. Um, I have two. One of them is Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I'm excited to have a movie with Cosmo in it. Um, Dougie. There's been a lot of talk about how it's a different tone from the other Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and I think that'll be interesting to see. <clears throat> and also, it's kind of wrapping up that series of movies so I'm curious to know who survives because apparently almost everybody dies. Um, and I'm going to make a new title here. I'm going to say rookie of the year movie is going to be blue beetle. I'm kind of excited for that one because all, a lot of the normies don't know anything about blue beetle, but I hope it's really good. I don't really know anything about it. So that would be cool if that movie came in clutch and was like, Man of Steel tier. That'd be great. Maybe not that far. <laughs> I'm not going to set my hopes that high. Especially coming from you. But yeah, I hope it's good. That'd be cool. Colin, what are some movies you're looking forward to for next year? Um, Obviously, Spider- uh, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse 2. Um, Dune 2, of course. Oppenheimer, of course. Barbie, of oh, course. Oh, shit, I forgot Barbie. God damn it. I got Barbie um, and Barbie, of course. Yeah. So those are pretty much as far as I can remember of movies coming out next year. Oh, I feel like I'm missing something important. Jacob, we're already going to watch Barbie with Wesley. How much money do I need to pay you to get you to come with us? I suppose just the ticket. Uh, <laughs> all right, done. Yeah, bitch. We need to expand this roster. Uh, me and the boys on our way to watch Barbie. Yes. Anyways, um, uh, most anticipated TV series or season coming out in next year. Um, so my list is honestly pretty short. Um, there's a lot of shows I'm looking forward to getting more seasons, but they're not confirmed for next year. So, um, I'm looking forward to Secret Invasion. Uh, that is looking really good visually speaking. 
Um, I'm really hoping that they let Sam Jackson actually act instead of just making him play a caricature of himself. Um, Echo, I'm hoping, is not overshadowed by Daredevil and Kingpin. Um, I did really like Echo in Hawkeye. I have little familiarity with the character outside of the Moon Knight uh, Brian Michael Bendis run, um, but she seems to be very interesting, and I like the actress that they picked. She's very cool. I, I hope that that show goes well. Um, fingers crossed. And Penguin, because Batman, oh, you know. Yeah, Penguin. Um, I'm not really looking forward to Mando season three. That almost made the list. I hope it's good and the trailers do look good, but I'm really, really upset by them backpedaling on their decision at the end of season two. Like if you wanted Grogu to stay and even if you wanted uh, Mando to make the choice to like give him away and then Yoda, the, the, the Grogu makes the choice to come back like that's fine. I get that. It's a cool story beat. But the way that they did it, broken over multiple shows, was completely fucked. And it's really killed my enjoyment of the show. So I'm, I'm hoping that this next season is good. I'm looking forward to discussing it for sure. It's just not, I am not hype. Understandable. You are an asshole because you took my one point. I am excited for Echo because I just read Moon Knight by Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> and... She seems like a really good gel between Daredevil and Moon Knight. Um, but my only uh, stipulation, I guess, is that she needs to be used better than just a love interest for Moon Knight like she was used in the book. You don't know how badly I want to go off on a mini review of that book. <laughs> Next because week, buddy. It will piss Spencer off. Ooh. ooh but, no, no, ooh. just, haha, I did a review inside of a, a, oh, a recap. Oh. Yeah, episode. no, that'll piss me off. But, you don't want to make me angry. She's got the little translation TV. I love that. Um, I enjoyed the book. I don't know of any other story that she's used in. And she was... She was in this story for a decent amount and was a good part of it up until the part she died. And then I lost interest in the book, kind of. But um, I I really hope that the show builds on that and, and does her character better. I don't remember which book it was in, but the the there's an event or a storyline that they're pulling from with the her shooting Fisk, Fisk probably going blind thing. I don't remember what it is though. There's just there was one. There's one like plotline in particular they're clearly pulling from. I just I'm not familiar with it other than seeing the panels on Twitter. The Hawaiian shirts, though. Yeah. Oh, what you got? Kind of just like Mando, and I really can't think of any other shows that are coming out. You're not excited for Penguin? Penguins, yeah. Penguins, great. Yeah, I'm excited for Penguin as well. Bad Batch. Uh, I can live. I can live without Bad Batch, honestly. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not like hyped. The yeah. trailer was really good, and I, it's probably a good thing we're not going to cover it on the show. That's just a lot of stuff to go over. Yeah. But I'm definitely going to watch it week to week. That's that's for sure. I'm just not like because it's an animated show, and the attitude that Disney has towards the animated shows right now is like nothing major is going to happen. I don't think, I think if they want anything big to happen, they're going to pull into one of the live action shows like they're doing with Ahsoka, which is kind of like a 
derivative version of the original plans for an animated Rebels sequel. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm interested, but I, you know, all the, this me fantasizing about them bringing in Boba Fett and the two children doing stuff is like, they're not going to do that. You, I, I know that. Yeah, no. Favorite episode of our podcast from this past year and favorite like accomplishments or like things we did. This is the last one? Yeah. Okay, thank God. Uh, so my favorite bits were definitely the uh, foreskin bit, <laughs> obviously, because I just like kept going and going. We kept making like foreskin lore and uh, I don't know. I found it a lot. I found I mean, it was a lot of fun for me. We're going to kill that joke. It's over now. Next well, yeah. year, we need a new joke. No, no, no. It's over now. Like it was just fun while it lasted. Um, like having your foreskin. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one then. Uh. <coughs> Colin got one wank in before it was taken from him. That's not the first joke we've killed on this show. We officially killed the Mephisto confirmed joke. That was the year before, to be fair. But was yeah, that really? was that was 2021 mostly. Yep. Uh I do like that we kind of have like a year-long running joke. Even if the the borders are kind of soft where it ends, it's it's cool. Um my favorite, I think more accomplishment stuff was honestly, so two things for our other podcast, Dime Gaming Bros. Um, I have better thumbnails now. It's a little thing, but like I needed to find a new template I could use and then like copy and paste the new elements in for each episode for myself just to be have more effort put into it, but also have it look better. Um, so those are at least a little better. Ooh, um, and I'm then glad that our um, logo looks better. That the yes. Lip- is fixed it, it looks fly as fuck uh we can also probably keep it for quite a while so that's nice yeah I, no, pretty- no need to really update stuff until i don't know like one of us dies or has a child um yeah. i mean i'll update the cover photo eventually yeah um which is gonna be the thing is you're gonna probably need to do me bald i'm gonna make you do it because i'm probably gonna be going back to having no hair yeah, um the beard's good though i like the beard yeah the beard's um, fuck adding a happy hour onto dime gaming bros is a very small thing but it just made sense because we would kind of ramble on that show anyways like it some episodes were like two hours so it was good to kind of have a separate segment and it also adds more content to the patron patreon um i liked interviewing jeff and i want to do that again uh his new book is out and uh, there's a second issue coming out shortly uh the projection was by the end of this year so it will probably be soon um and it's just cool to have him on i i you know i like having dual sell like you know uh mutual promotion it helps uh that's that's just cool that was a nice little thing um or boy jeff yes jacob you got any fun bits we did so it's really hard being the weekly editor because it feels like almost every week i am laughing out loud at some stupid joke we did or a bit or something autistic that that colin speaks out (laughs) spits out like like i think we were talking about non-monogamy and he was like yeah it's a new pokemon (laughs) like just the stupidest shit that that makes this show really interesting for me um it's a new pokemon (laughs) but honestly uh my favorite bit that we've ever done, I think, is the same that I said last year. 
uh, per the lore, I was dead. I hadn't been on the show for like six weeks. I was just thinking. And then Spencer had an emergency that he had to drive out of state for. It was like overnight. I'm leaving. You guys figure this out. Goodbye. <laughs> and then I got back and I was like, Colin, you know, it'd be funny is if you just did the show by yourself. Like Spencer had no idea. So he's like, yeah, okay. So right. it was a news week. So he did like the first three or four news bits by himself. And when Spencer listened to the final product on his way home from wherever, he was like freaking out because he legit thought that Colin was doing it by himself. <laughs> like we faked out our co-host. It was so good. That's gonna be an all-time classic. That was last. That was September of last year, I think. That was. Yeah. Oh gosh, that was great. I think um, the delivery was really good too because was hysterical. I, I, was just, I was just sitting there and I was just staring at Jacob while I was doing the bit, and I, I, I was, I was just like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this, bro. You didn't crack. That was the impressive part. See, see, I've gotten pretty good at that. I got pretty good at not cracking. I just stare him right straight in the face. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to talk about this. Moving on, uh, uh, there's this thing. Ah, fuck it. Uh, so the last thing that I just have is so we uh, favorite episodes from this year. Um, they're right next to each other, uh, but it was uh, season three, episodes sixteen and eighteen. Uh, that would be the that would be Constantine and the Crow, respectively. Sorry, Jacob, one of those you weren't there for. Um, I just really like the conversations that we had about those. They felt like very. It actually felt like a complete package instead of us focus hype like hyper focusing on one part of the thing we watched and then just bailing. Like it actually felt like we had a good holistic conversation. It was uh, lengthy, and then the additional stuff we were talking about was cool. The books we talked about reading were fun. Um, the audio was actually consistent for once. Like that was just a real like October was a really good month for us in general. Um, but those two episodes really stuck out as being really really cool. Do you guys have any ones in particular that stick out? Uh, episode. Episodes, but I've been having fun as the show's been going on, just making different theme songs for variations of the show. Um, just having a Christmas one and then the metal one for Spooktober. Um, and then <laughs> the one where I was mad about no feedback about the Spooktober theme song. So I made like, a meme song for the month of February. I plan on revisiting that. There's there should be a new meme song uh coming up for this February, so stay tuned. Oh boy. It's been baking for quite a while. Uh I just need to set up a recording space. Uh I look forward to making even more theme songs. Oh, I'm sure. Hot and sexy balls. When I actually have a voice. That would help. Uh, to be fair, you could probably sing the bass parts now. <laughs> uh, so that is a wrap for 2022. Uh, thank you to anyone who has stuck around, one, through this episode, and two, just through the year. If you've been here for five minutes, we appreciate it. If you've been here the whole time, you're insane. You uh, are a little cookie boy. A little bit. Uh, a thank you to our partners at Jetpack Comics and Games. Uh, they basically make this show possible by being our local comic book shop. Uh, they keep us from, you know, giving Jeff Bezos too much money for comic books. 
Yep. Uh, there's always someone in the store to talk to, to hang out with, discuss some random bullshit. Uh, they have a wide variety of collected editions. They got trades, hardcovers, omnibus, single issues, current releases. They have a pretty decent backlog. There's old comics on the wall. Comic Colin is shitting himself. I literally uh, have to go to the bathroom so bad. Hurry up. Okay. Um, so their support makes this show possible. Uh, thank you to them, and a thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash Dime Comic Bros Network. They make two... it possible for us to buy cough drops. True. Cough drops are pricey these days. Um, so we have Jeff Lorenz and Caitlin. Uh, they keep the lights on. They keep Jacob's throat from being too sore. Hey, uh, easy. I thought that was my job. <laughs> um they get a lot of exclusive content over on our Patreon. Uh, they get to listen to all of our episodes a couple days early. They also get exclusive segments of Dime Comic Bros Happy Hour, which is a weekly podcast we do where we just kind of shoot the shit, have a drink, do whatever random shenanigans, um, as well as some exclusive clips from the show that just get removed for mostly weird reasons. Um, they also get stickers, including our entire backlog of all of our different sticker designs we've ever had. Uh, sketches done by Colin, commissions done by Colin, et cetera, et cetera. Plenty of cool stuff over there. If you want to support us on Patreon, we'd greatly appreciate it. Next week is going to be uh, Carnage, Black, White, and Blood, as well as a vicious... Is it Circle or, or Cycle? I always forget. I think it's Cycle. I like how Colin in in the group chat got autocorrected and it was viscous, viscous, <laughs> a viscous cycle. Um, we are going to be discussing a vicious circle issue one by Matt, uh, Matson Tomlin and Lee Bermejo, uh, as well as just the usual shenanigans. So look forward to that. Uh, enjoy the memes. Colin is currently doing a really good mind blow job through his <laughs> muted microphone it's kind of scary um thanks for listening watch a lot of porn i know you do it's pretty obvious we can tell by your uh your slanted jawline and 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 large forehead you know it, you have the phrenology of a porn addict we have to all go collectively shit goodbye goodbye <laughs>
<laughs> fucking three times over. That's Holy shit. That's what I've been talking about. It's like so clear cut with fun. Chopper. Like R2D2, you can kind of read into it. Chopper is blatantly I obscene. Fucking, Chopper crap. was like the only reason why I kept really watching <laughs> She's Rebels. She's awesome. Yeah. Chopper and K2SO are. <sighs> the perfect droids <laughs> and bd1 is excluded from everything because he is my baby ba- little baby boy like what he's like this big i know little jumpy boy he's like a bird he's, he's kind of like, like a bird he's like this big i was watching yeah that one this morning i just lost it i'm like there's nothing else that could be that's so clearly him saying it <laughs> oh yeah uh this episode came out much sooner than normal compared to the last episode, which is the one that will be coming out tomorrow, but from when we're recording this. <laughs> it's up. all very confusing. Colin Colin is, wrap it up, Colin's dude. feeling the migraine I feel all the time. Nya-nya? Colin is a cat boy. Confirmed. Oopsie doopsie fucky what? It's a three-issue miniseries <laughs> that came out last year. Uh, it's written by Jeff Lemire uh, with art by Dustin Nguyen. I have no idea how to say his last name. Nguyen. So, Nguyen. Sure. It just makes me want to say ungoing. <laughs> Un- I have what? problems. Want to say what? That out. Onion? Ungoy. Grunts. Grunts. I love how you, you have no idea you what he's not. saying. And he's like, <laughs> so funny. I don't it, understand why I'm cutting it out. <laughs> me neither. Because I'm making fun of this guy's name. Oh. And I'm make, comparing him to aliens. Um, the un- I, I, the ungoy. I, They're the grunts in Halo. Oh. Ungoy is the species name. Oh, I didn't know that. Just thought they were called grunts. Nope, that though, those are their shorthand names. Cock and ball. I use that a lot now. Colin has created a monster. He it it started out as cock and ball torture, and I'm sure he's not the one that came up with that. True. But I took the cock and ball idea and ran with it. I have brain rot, I guess. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> Can we go back to Miss Frizzle and Mrs. Incredible? Oh dear God. Welcome back to the Dime Kong no! Podcast. We are no, not, we are not doing no. a cold open. No. No. Not like that. We remove the horny, then the horny comes back. You know what else is hot? Your, your money maker. You, that's me. You're gay. Ah, <laughs> 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 me. Beat the dog with a stick. I'll take you out of context and just have... Beat the dog with a stick. Please do. <laughs> we should publish our the entirety of our I group chat. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm going to bonk Colin in the dick. Attachable cock. <laughs> Hello, I like money. Recording in progress. Welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros Podcast. Welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Colin, with my co-hosts, Spencer and Jacob. Say hello. See, we did this one time, and it was funny, and then he's trying to carry it. It's, it's not every funny. single yeah. episode. I think it's funny, so that's it, what counts. No, it's not. Yes, it does. It's what the people find funny. I like the penis trees. <sighs> he always has to get that fire hose on microphone. Like, why? Yeah, he does. I feel like he pushes it out. Yeah. I feel like he pushes... Per, on purpose. And I bet he, like, stands on his tiptoes to get, like... The perfect angle? No, no, like, like, um... Because his dick's so long. Gravity and... and <laughs> Gravity. Oh, my gosh. Physics. Something's only gonna fall at a certain speed, and it'll never go faster than that. Terminal velocity, holy crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he stands on his tiptoes to get terminal velocity with his piss. So it sounds louder when it hits the bowl. Mm-hmm. Talking about your piss, 
piss man. You and your fire hose. Holy crap. Literally. What the fuck? You push that shit. You push that shit. It's just like, <laughs> someone's fucking, <laughs> someone fucking grilling chicken in there, buddy. Someone's deep frying that chicken. Draining a fire hydrant. <laughs> you killed him. I don't know. Ooh, you like to piss, big boy? Fry that chicken in there. Mm-hmm. That's how I like it. I'm sorry that I don't just just really just hold my dick over the bowl and hope my bladder empties. Yeah. I want it out. That's the yeah. Point. Holy <laughs> shit! Oh my fucking word! You have no chill. Like he has no calm. He needs to do everything forcefully and angrily. My dick and is out. I want it out. It's gonna piss. I'm gonna piss. <laughs> Not just gonna stand there over the bowl and hold my hu- dick, guys. <laughs> yeah. What, what? How do you guys pee? You just sit there. You you aim your dick and then you just. I hope the best. Will the pee work. I also hope the pee hits the bowl inside first. <laughs> That's a legit concern, though. Yes. Because like, sometimes it goes off to the side. Way yeah. Left field, like, like foul ball, hardcore. Yeah. Like what the fuck is yeah. going on? Like I was aiming all the way to the right and I'm still hitting my left shoe. Literally. <laughs> now, listen to Spencer. He's going to be like, you guys have to figure out how to aim. You won't just get a first try. It's like, no, no, shit, no, no. piss out of my That's not penis. fair, because he's got the foreskin. They're just... Oh! He's got a foreskin. It's like a barrel. <laughs> extended barrel. Yeah, it's an extended what barrel. On the gun. Yeah. Yep. And that helps aim. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> got third eye in his penis that just looks. Yep, that's good. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> it's clear you guys were circumcised as children because you have no idea how foreskin works. No, no, no clue. No, no, I wish. 